0: Mastermind Agent is proud to present success calls. Top real estate agents from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies, and systems in up-close and personal interviews. You can find all the calls at www.mastermindagent.com. Hi, I'm Mike Cerrone with Mastermind Agent. This month's top agent is Marty Hampton with Remax in Raleigh, North Carolina. Last year, she closed... 425 transactions with a total sales volume of 115 million and a GCI of 3.3 million. Her average sales price was 275,000, of which 42% were buyers and 58% were sellers. She has a 16 member team 7 buyer agents, 3 listing agents, 6 administrative support, and 1 team leader. Marty Hampton is the team leader of the Marty Hampton team. She's been an agent for 30 years, sold 10,000 homes in her career, and works the research triangle market. In this call, Marty talks about why growing up in poverty motivated her to be a success, being a single parent with three small children when she started in real estate, using high energy and enthusiasm to sell and win increasing her production from $44,000 to $300,000 in her first five years, listing 42 homes in her best month. Her innovative, coming-soon, listing onboarding process that frontloads marketing creates pent-up buyer demand, market interest, multiple offers, quick sales, and high prices for her sellers. The best day to release a home on the market. How to handle multiple offers. Her marketing plan for past clients and sphere of influence that generates repeats, referrals, and 50% of her closed business last year. Marketing with educational videos. Giving away event tickets. Her special past client file with 250 people most likely to refer her business. Real estate update radio ads. Working with Boomtown. How to Get Online Recommendations and Reviews from Happy Past Clients, Her Favorite Books, Team Dynamics, Compensation, Profit Margins, and More. First, a quick word from our sponsor, Real GTV, real estate agent lead generation television. Need more referrals? Get a free script and simple three-part plan used by a top agent to receive and close 74 referral transactions in one year. Just go to freereferralscript.com. That's freereferralscript.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the call, Marty.
1: Hi, Mike.
0: Hey, Marty. It's great to have you here. Marty, thank you so much for joining us today. Marty, before we talk about what you're doing today, let's go back for a minute and talk about what you were doing before you got into real estate.
1: I was doing a lot. I was actually working in uh, the restaurant business restaurant lounge business. I uh, worked in that for probably about 10 years. Then I decided that I needed a career and I thought about it and I got in real estate.
0: Do you recall why you chose real estate? What was the,
1: the inspiration there? I do. It was called three blue-eyed beautiful children that needed a single mom to uh, create a life for them and uh, not go on welfare. So that was the story and I did it.
0: Do you recall, if in that first year, if you had a, a fast start or a slow start?
1: Actually, I had a fast start. I was uh, always had a lot of high energy, and um, that I began real estate it was a pretty good market, which always helped. And uh, I uh, got out there and, and really started talking to people, and, and it, it fit for me. It was a fit, and I I did make sales immediately. Do you recall what your production was in the very first year? In the very first year, because I got into real estate and I got out of real estate. So I got into real estate for a while when I first got my license, but then I dropped out for about 10 years. I actually even let my license expire. So I got back into real estate in the 80s. And I do recall the very first year I got back into real estate that I made, I believe, probably a little bit over half a year. I think I made about 44000 The next year, I actually doubled that. To 80 something thousand, then I went to 120,000, then I remember I went to 180,000, then I went to 240, and I think that's by what, about the fifth year? And then I was over 300 by last year with my former company before I left and went to Remax. I went to Remax in 1995.
0: Well, I've got to ask a couple of questions there. So you got your license and then you stopped selling real estate for 10 years and you, you started back up again and, and had this great explosion of business. What happened in the very beginning? You got your license and then nothing happened or so, what, what happened there? Did you get your license and not start selling real estate?
1: I was very young. I was in my 20s, and I got my license, and the phone rang entirely too much, and I just thought it was too life-possessing. And I said, this is no way to spend your life. (laughs) And so (laughs) I dropped out of real estate because it really just took a lot of my time. My children were extremely young then, and and I just didn't want to spend that time away from them. So, again, in the 80s, I was a single parent, and, and I actually needed an income. I needed a career, so I got back into real estate. So you've had your your active license now for how long? Active license probably since about 1985. So about 30 years or so? Yeah, yeah. Let's fast forward to
0: today. How many homes did you sell last year? About 425. Do you recall the sales volume? It was 115 million. Do you mind disclosing to us what the GCI was? I think it was about
1: 3.3 million.
0: When I asked you to to help me prepare for this interview, you mentioned the words coming soon, and I should ask you about coming soon. What does coming
1: soon mean? Well, coming soon is is our onboarding process. And actually, you're gonna see a real estate sign out, and they're gonna have a little rider on it that says, this house is coming soon. And that usually means that the house is not active, ready for showings at that point in time. Well, we took it, a ho- I was doing that for years, and it worked out really well for me, but, but about, oh, I guess about 15 months ago, we decided to invest, and we created an entire website, and this website has gone nationally. It's something that I use locally, that now I have put in about 25 different locations in the United States. And what it is really is an onboarding process, business strategy for a seller to be able to earn his maximum money when he sells his home. And so what we do is we front-end load. Anybody that knows anything about real estate, sold real estate for a long time, knows that the first few days that a house is on the market, it's got more action, it's got uh, got more power on the seller side than if you're talking with, let's say you're talking with a buyer, you're talking with an agent about that listing, you've got a lot of power in those first few days. If you're having that same conversation three, four months later, all the power's on the buyer's side. So we work for the seller. You know, our principal is actually the seller. We a really good income to advocate for the seller to get the seller's highest price. And the way you have to do that is you have to turn the eyes of the market, every single buyer in the market, every single agent with a buyer, that's a possibility for that house. You have to front load that list so that you've got all that action right at the very first of the listing. And you've got more chance to get multiple offers. You've got more chance to get multiple bids. Uh, You've got a chance to get higher price. So it's worked out extremely well for us. Tell me more about how you're
0: front-end loading this advertising and this marketing, getting the market worked up for this property. What are you doing? How long is it taking? What's the process?
1: You have to know your market, first of all. And I think you have to be a really good listing agent second of all. The third thing is we have a complete strategy. So let's say, for example, Mike, I go out to your house and you're a typical seller. Let's say your house is actually a little bit above market. So the average price in our market, let's say it's 300000 and you've got maybe a $700,000 house. So I know by looking at my statistics that you've got less, of a buyer base than you would if you were a $300,000 house. Now, what that's going to tell me is that basically I need to keep your house listed on our coming soon site for a little bit longer. The higher the price, the longer you stay in the coming soon status. During that coming soon status, we're going to do things like, first of all, we're going to visit your home. We're going to give you the pricing strategy and the business strategy for selling it. Our strategy also includes staging. We'll have our stager come out and help you prepare the house. We'll begin the process by taking an exterior picture of your home. And we'll put that on our special website that I advertise all over the place radio, social media, social outlets, things like that. So we take the outside picture and we put a sign up and we say, special sign, and say, this house is coming soon to the market. Then you go on our coming soon website. Our coming soon website is going to tell the market when your house is on the market. Let's say your house is going to be on the market ready for showings in 21 days. So down in the bottom right-hand corner, there's actually a clock that when you visit this site, it will show you this house will be on the market in 21 days, 17 hours, and 43 minutes. I'm sure you've seen those countdown clocks that are sometimes used. (laughs) Sure. All right, so now we've got on this website, we've got the outside picture. Then a a day or so later, I'm going to add my personal comments. When I add my personal comments, anyone that's viewed your house and has drove by your house or has heard my advertisement and see what houses are coming on the market, they would have visited the site and they saw beginning information. They saw that your house was going to be $700,000. They saw that it was coming on the market in 21 days. Now, when I add my comments, they're going to get that information again. In other words, it's going to come to their inbox that they've inquired on this house, and now they're getting new information because new information is available. Two days later, I'm going to have the floor plan done. Any buyer that's come to that house will also get the floor plan. Any new information that's added to the site will tweak every single buyer that's visited the house, every single agent that's visited and inquired upon the house. And here's the best part. (laughs) Down in the bottom left-hand corner of my presentation of your home, it's also going to tell you how many other people are looking at your home. I don't know if you've ever been on eBay, but if you've ever bid for anything on eBay, it always tells you how many other people are shopping whatever you're bidding on. And uh, it, it works as a great motivational key to show you that there's other people interested in the same house that you're interested in. What date
0: do you like to release? Do you like to release on a weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Do you like to release in the middle of the week because you anticipate a lot of offers coming in and you want to be there to negotiate? How is the timing work?
1: You know, I read a study recently that new listings that came on the market on Monday morning were compared to listings that came on the market on Friday. And would you guess which one actually had the more action?
0: I would guess Friday because of the weekend, and I, I'm, <laughs> I'm speculating
1: I'm wrong. <laughs> you, you know, you know, you, you're absolutely right. It was Friday. It was significantly higher. So what we do is we put our new listings that are on coming soon and that are now off of coming soon are going to go live. We put them in the computer Thursday evening, and what this gives them of uh, the opportunity to do is syndicate all the pictures by the weekend. So by Friday morning, it's a brand new listing, and by the weekend, we've got every single picture populated. And this saves also, because you'll see um, many listings that go in our market that just have a, a few pictures, and you never get a second chance to make that first impression. So by the time we've done our coming soon onboarding process, we've got a full presentation of video, uh, s- a seller. we've got a, a letter from the seller to the buyer, we've got a floor plan, we've got you know, 25, 30 pictures. And we've got, sometimes we've got a presentation of the neighborhood. So we have a really good presentation and it goes live and it's there first thing Friday morning for those buyers that are looking for that weekend.
0: What do you do next? Do you do a a large, say, open house on Saturday and Sunday over the weekend? Do you accept offers all throughout the weekend and say you won't give a response till Monday? Do you give a response right away on Friday? How, How do you proceed next?
1: It's funny because uh, Realtor.com just came out with an article in Inman, and they were talking about open houses and the, the uh, popularity of them and, and how important they were. And I, I don't have that article right in front of me, but, but the studies that we've done also concluded that open house is about number four. Uh, the first being, of course, Internet coverage. The second being the agent and how popular we are with the other agents in our area. And that's another thing that we do to Coming Soon, by the way. We share our Coming Soon listings with other agents in our marketplace. And this gives them the opportunity to be their hero in front of their client, which is one of my guiding rules. We, we always make other agents look good, which is... um a little bit different than the industry has looked at it before, but we find it works really well. So, but but I forgot your question. Your for question was the open house. And the open house we have um, part of coming soon onboarding process. Coming soon dot com is our first open dot house, and we do do a first open dot house uh, to neighborhoods that we know are going to be popular. Now, if we have a neighborhood where we don't think we're gonna have a successful open house. We will tell the seller, we will advise the seller that to have an open house without a lot of traffic, because some areas do not get a lot of traffic, it would be counterproductive. So what we wanna do for that seller is do all of his marketing pretty much online. Because if we have an open house for a a non-populated area, then people are gonna see it, they're gonna see nobody there and it would be counterproductive. But if we do the standard open house, we usually have upward of 20 people attend our open houses. We've sold many, many houses the first weekend out. And your other question was, our policy is to keep the house on the market for at least 24 hours after it goes live. That way we give everyone a chance that's looked at it during the coming soon period to come in and, and make any offer that they would make.
0: You bring it out on a Friday, maybe you do or don't hold an open on Saturday, depending on the neighborhood area, whether you think there'll be traffic.
1: It'll be on Saturday or Sunday, right.
0: Offers would start coming in, say, Saturday. Let's say the fastest thing it would happen. It come, offers would start coming in on Saturday. You would hold off until Sunday to start communicating back, or would you hold off until Monday to start communicating back and, and negotiating?
1: We, we wouldn't hold off. Uh, we would begin negotiations with any offer that comes in, but we would try to leave the house open. We advise our sellers to leave the house open at least at least a full day. Uh, if they can't go twenty twenty four hours, we try to get them at least say that full Saturday. So if we went live on Friday, we, Saturdays begin on showings begin on Saturday. Then we're going to try to keep the house open all day Saturday. We, we might have the house sold by six seven o'clock that night saturday night it just depends
0: in this approach what is the most number of buyers that you've had come in and make an offer how many offers have you had to negotiate at one time on the same house
1: i had an incredible house i think it was last year that had 15 offers on and that was a lot of work oh yeah that, that, that house sold for $40,000 over list price without a loan contingency and without an appraisal contingency.
0: Wow. Mm -hmm. Now, when the 15 offers came in, How do you approach that? How would somebody approach that listening if they had a home that was very popular and have 5, 10, or 15 offers come in? Did you go back to all 15 and say, hey, we've got a lot of offers. Send your highest and best. Did you find the one you like the best and started negotiating with them? What was your approach?
1: Well, our approach was, first of all, to confer with the seller and see what she felt comfortable with. But uh, we actually, in that instance, we told every single buyer that, that we were dealing with a multiple offer situation. And then, you know, out of those 15, maybe five were really contenders. We probably let 10 of them go. and Those five kept the bidding going and knew there were other people that they were bidding against. And that's how it got to be such a, a great, great ending for a little 87-year-old lady who went into a retirement home and had 40 extra thousand to pocket, which was a good day for me and a good day for her. When you
0: get in those situations where you have multiple offers and you come to a conclusion with one buyer, do you set up backup offers or contingent offers behind that one?
1: Absolutely. I mean, that's that's your primary position is to have a backup offer. You're working for the seller there. And uh, we, we definitely had a backup offer in that position.
0: Also you mentioned that you have a website and you've been using it in multiple markets you've set up the the timer on the website and the process and the procedure what website are you talking about
1: the national site is coming soon com. my local site is coming very soon.com and um, so different agents in different markets uh, that really want to dominate the listings in their market this is just a great strategy to be able to share a unique selling proposition with a seller. When you're going out and listing homes and you can give them a firm strategy for how you're going to to sell their home and how you're going to present their home to to more people. I mean, they just get it. They just get it almost instantly.
0: Now, is this website, is this your company? Is this another company that you've been using? Who's running the website?
1: Actually, we did partner with a web company, um, but, but it's our, it's our little brainchild here. It's something that we use locally and, and went national with it. So um, it's Lila Media is the name of the company that we partnered with, and they do all the support on it on our local site and on the national site.
0: So if someone listening was interested in that, could they
1: go somewhere to learn more? Well, they, you know, the best thing for them to do is contact me at Marty, M-A-R-T-I, at Marty and M A R T I, at com, And it's uh, Hampton, just like Hampton Inns. Very good. Thank you, Marty. Well, let's do this.
0: Let's step back for a minute and let's make sure everybody knows where you're at. Where is Raleigh, North Carolina?
1: It's in the Piedmont section of North Carolina. Raleigh's the capital of North Carolina. It's halfway between the mountains and halfway between the coast. We call it the Piedmont section, and it's a, it's a growing area. We call it the Triangle because it includes Raleigh, Cary, Durham, Chapel Hill. And it's known for Research Triangle Park, and it's also known for state government and about five different major colleges. And you may have seen Carolina play basketball last night. I don't know, but you could have.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was a sad one. They they almost had it. It was close.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. It was indeed. We're in mourning over here in Carolina, but that, the skies are not Carolina blue today. <laughs>
0: Well, tell us the the population in the area that you work. How many people are there in Raleigh and the area that you're working?
1: Well, the whole triangle is probably just a little bit over a million. Probably in Raleigh is, is I'd say, 600,000.
0: Please describe your current real estate market.
1: Well, I think in your primary areas, which are supported by state government employees, but also Research Triangle Park employees, those major areas, which we call Raleigh and um, Cary, those areas are moving pretty brisk. So I'd call that a seller's market. If you're below, and I would say below 550,000, I'd call those areas a seller's market. In other areas, which we have quite a lot of them, this is the largest county in North Carolina, so it's it's really, you know, I could be going. I've gone on many listings that were an hour away from me. So those are supported by, you know, just overflow growth, and those are not as quick moving markets as the North Raleigh, Cary, Apex. Uh, Wake Forest markets.
0: In your market, do you have a niche or a specialization?
1: I think our specialization is bringing a seller client uh, the most uh, the, the most aggressive strategy to to win the best price in this market. I mean, we have a, an onboarding process that that is second to none it is the way it's like when you get on an airplane you want to make sure that that pilot has done his free checklist well we've done this so many times we've sold 10,000 houses in the triangle so when we when we've done that we've done it so many times that we're able to take the knowledge that we got from one sale and put it into the next sale that we're doing
0: (laughs) that's great (laughs) and again I'm sure you use that dialogue with sellers when you're out there on listing appointments you think <laughs> I think you do. <laughs> and I think it works well. That's that's fantastic. Let's do this. Let's talk about how you're generating leads in business. One of your largest sources of, of business is your past clients' sphere of influence, repeating referrals. Let's talk about that for a minute. How big is your database of past clients and sphere of influence?
1: Well, we've got over about 20,000 in our database, and that would include active people that are coming in, probably over 10,000 people that we've done business with before in the Triangle. So it's about half of it would be past clients.
0: So 10,000 past clients, the other 10,000, are they sphere of influence or does that also include leads that you've received off, say the internet or sign calls?
1: That's all types. Leads that we're actively working with right now are leads that we hope to work with in the future.
0: So let's talk about those 10,000 past clients and how you're staying in touch with them. First of all, how do you track them? That's a lot of people. Do you have some software that you're using to manage that?
1: Actually, I do a, an educational video twice a month through VIRAL, and I love VIRAL, uh, the people at VIRAL. It's a company out of California, and what they do is I load up an educational video twice a month, and they send it out to my entire database.
0: They're tracking your database. Uh, well, f- let me ask that. Do they have, they have your database in, in their system? Are you keeping your database anywhere else? Do you use Top Producer or uh, some other contact management software?
1: We use BombBomb, we use Top Producer, but yes, Viral has my entire database. And we also use Boomtown.
0: So you've got 10,000 people in there. You add them in when they close. Do you ever remove people out of the database? And if so, why?
1: Well, I mean, we send out two educational videos per month. And we we also do some things just for our past clients about four times a year, just a a little written notification or something like that. But it, sure, if somebody doesn't want to receive our emails, we'll, we'll certainly take them off. We actually don't have that much request for that. But if we do, we will take them out of our database so they don't receive the follow-up videos.
0: Give us a big picture of what your marketing plan is for these past clients, say, over the course of a year. You've mentioned you you send out two educational videos per month. What else are you doing to stay in touch with those folks?
1: We actually have social media where if I buy tickets to like the fair, the local classic fair, or if I have something where I bought like a block of tickets to a home show or something like that, we'll buy a big block of those tickets and then we'll send it out that the first 300 people will will receive a free ticket. So we have people that are staying in touch just so they can get something free occasionally. That's a a good one. Certainly we remember at the holidays, at at Christmas and other times of the years, we will remember them.
0: Do you make phone calls to your past clients, and do you do that on a frequency basis? For instance, are you trying to call everybody once a year or once a quarter? Gosh,
1: Mike, I wish I was. That would be a good thing to do. (laughs) It just hasn't done it yet, but uh, it would be a good thing to do.
0: By the way, I just want to know it's real, and so your business by what you're doing today, without making the phone calls, is generating a lot of past client repeat and referral business just by staying in touch through the the email. And you mentioned I think four written notifications per year.
1: What what are those four written notifications? The written notifications. One of them, the couple of them would be through social media. So, like I said, when I if I buy a block of tickets to like a home show or maybe the fair, we'll get in touch with our past clients through social media. And we have all of them on our, that are on Facebook, on our Facebook page, and we'll ask them which ones would like to have those tickets. And, and usually many of them will get in touch with us by that. We also have those same, we have what we call a, a special past client file, which is people that have shown that they will refer me. And we usually send to them first, and then we'll send to the broader base. So we, our, our sphere that, that really works for us and gives us a lot of referrals, we, we try to give them a little bit extra perks
0: how many people are in that special past client file? Well, how many people are in that group? Probably about 250. Would you consider these your, your close friends, your sphere, Your you said referrers? How, how do people get in that
1: group? They show an inclination to send us business. And, and it may be business that we consummate or it may just be that they cared enough about us to pass on our name. And they get into the special client base by doing that. If they send us, and usually we'll get a notification, hey, I gave your name to so-and-so. And so if they did, they cared enough about us to give our name to somebody, they are included in our special class client base.
0: So you have this smaller group, this 250, and you said that one of the perks they get is early notification when you say you have block tickets. Anything else that you're doing unique with the 250 that you don't do with the rest of the group?
1: No, I think just just the early notification of things that we get that we think will be a benefit.
0: You mentioned early on that you have this viral company that you're working with to send out the educational videos. What kind of videos are you sending out? What does that look like?
1: Well, I see. I sent uh, one out last uh, week, weekend or last Thursday, I think that gave my seven rules for a 10 year gain in uh, residential real estate investing. So it was basically what I've seen people use over the past almost 30 years to gain and make um, wise investments in real estate. So I, and that's what the video is about.
0: You're putting together two of those a month where you're actually the focal point of the video. Are you sitting there at your desk talking or how does the video look?
1: I am sitting there at my desk talking and you can actually (laughs) go to my YouTube channel and see them.
0: You're getting a lot of referrals every year. Are you asking specifically for referrals? Do you have a script to ask for referrals or are they just happening because you're staying in front of people?
1: I think they're just happening because I'm staying in front of people. I don't have a script that that asks for referrals. Just you know, I, I do a lot. I'm very well known in the community after after selling real estate for this period of time, and and I will say, I had somebody call me yesterday and say I just saw your sign up in my neighborhood, and that was that's just pe- people know me, and um, so I don't have a special script. No, they know I appreciate them when they call me because we'll usually follow up with some kind of, you know, as, as, as much as uh, just a thank you note, uh, Starbucks cards, uh, something that shows them that I appreciate them taking the time to, to pass my name along. I really am big on that. So I want to say thank you as much as I can.
0: Now, a quick word from our sponsor, Real GTV, real estate agent lead generation television where top agents reveal exactly how they create consistent flows of home buyer and home seller leads into their practices every month. Need more leads? Hit the pause button right now. Open Google and search RealGTV. That's R-E-A-L-G dot TV. Now, back to the show. When you're sending out this information, these videos you send out twice a month the written notifications do you have a call to action in there are you asking people to do something for instance to go to your website to get a free market analysis or list of
1: homes on the one that I send out with viral it it comes in case in um, kind of a little showcase thing and up at the top I'll usually say if you need us if you're you know if you're frustrated you're a buyer and every time you have you find a house on the internet by the time you drive past that house, you see a big bright soul sign on it, then check out our coming soon listings right above. And there's a link right above where I'm talking on the video that says, check out that that link above and you'll see our our homes that we're preparing for market next week or next month. And uh, so our coming soon list, if you're a seller and you're thinking about selling your house, uh, find out your home's value on the link above, click through your home's value. So yeah, that's the way I end up those videos.
0: You're using the coming soon concept to attract buyers as well by giving them the opportunity to see what homes are coming on the market.
1: Absolutely. Everybody wants to know what's going to happen next. I mean, what's around the corner is always better than what's here now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) True. That is the way we believe, isn't it? Yeah. If there was an agent sitting in front of you right now and they've been in the business for a couple of years and they want to figure out how they can get more repeated referrals from their past clients and sphere of influence, how would you advise them?
1: Just do a really good job while you have them. You know, that's the first thing I'd advise you. I mean, you, you basically got to really earn their, their respect while you're doing business with them. So it takes the focus of that, and then after you, if you do that, uh, say if they tell you thank you whatsoever, and say, gosh, the very best way you could say thank you for me is to to write a referral for me. Then may I send you a link. If you send them a link, then you're going to go online. And I think five years from now, we're going to be a totally online business. People are not going to call you unless they can trace you online, unless they can see a track record that shows your success by people who've done business with you before.
0: If someone that you're working with thanks you for for doing a good job, you immediately turn around and ask them for a referral or a recommendation, and you give them a link to go online and and write out what they f- what they think about you. Where are you sending them to do that?
1: Well, you send them to Zillow. I think that's a great. You send them to Google Plus. I mean, there's about a thousand places you can review somebody online now. So you got to focus on the ones that you want to build. And then maybe you switch after you've got that one built out. But you never get them built out because you always want to continue and have fresh referrals on your referral sites.
0: Do you use that when you're talking to a new potential buyer or seller in your presentation? Do you give them a, a link to those recommendations and referrals?
1: Honestly, that would fall under pre-listing promotion you know whether I'm going to the listing or one of my listing agents is going I want to give them as much information much positive information about me before I step in their door in other words I want to I want to pre-sell my team before I get there and one of those ways is to say we're going to be meeting with you on Thursday I wanted you to have time to check out our referrals on Zillow and I'll send them a link and there'll be 150 referrals right there at their fingertips that they can browse.
0: You brought up an interesting point. So, on listings, let's talk about listings for a minute. It sounds like you have a whole process for preparing the seller before you show up. And one of those pieces was to make sure they get this link for the referrals. What else do you do to prepare for the listing presentation?
1: Well, we have several. You know, we have a video that, that explains the coming soon onboarding process and tells them why we should be doing that. So, we send that. And and it it really depends on that conversation, that that first qualifying conversation that we have with that seller and what his needs are. And uh, so we'll send that. And then I've got a, a personal video that I send to introduce my listing agents, which basically says, hey, I've heard you're going to be meeting with Naomi roderick's on my team thursday night and i wanted to it just take a few minutes to explain what would happen when naomi gets there and then i go into about a minute's overview of what will be happening while naomi's there at their house
0: that sounded like that video was uh unique to them it was customized to them it is, it you is We is talk about the time and mm-hmm. the agent is that something you're doing through bomb bomb i don't know who we sent
1: it out through. it probably is BombBomb. Bomb. we use BombBomb, bomb, but we use viral. We'll use several other things. And um, we could just send them a link to, to our video channel and ha- and have pretty much anything at, at our fingertips. But um, yeah, we want to pre-sell ourselves before we get there. Another kind of fun thing that we do is we, we actually usually send out a little brownie with a note that says, thank you for the opportunity to, to earn your business. So it doesn't pre um uh, determine or doesn't you know it's not too harsh. It basically just says thank you for the opportunity to interview with you for the important job of selling your house. And uh, <laughs> those crazy brownies have gotten so much reviews. Everybody says they taste real good, but it's just that extra little thought that they get.
0: <laughs> That's great. So, <laughs> are you sending that brownie with a pre-listing package?
1: We actually do the the pre-listing package that we do would be by video. So the brownie would only come with a personal note, so it's a little handwritten note. Somebody else does it, but it is a little handwritten note that goes to them.
0: What a great idea. So send them out a treat, get them to smile, feel good about you before you show up. How soon before you show up does the brownie show up? Is
1: it the day before? They, I mean, they go fast. So if we talk to somebody today, we'll, we'll actually send the order in today. And even if we've got the listing to, to go to the listing tomorrow, they'll probably get the brownies day after that. So it's it's a nice touch, no matter when they get it—the day before, the day of, or the day after.
0: Other than the brownie, most of your your pre-listing work is. Electronic. You're sending out an email. You've got some videos. How many emails are going out before you go to the home? Is it just the one with a bunch of links, or are you are you intentionally sending out multiple emails?
1: It depends on the time period between when we get the contact and when we go. Certainly, if we've got a week, we're going to continue to drip information, and we've got enough to do that to send them uh, information or link to a video or drip for 10 days. If it's going to be 10 days before we can get out there, we're going to send them something probably every other day until we get out there. Uh, if it's just going to be two days, then we're probably just going to get one video there before we go. You
0: mentioned that you have a, what we'll call a unique selling proposition, a unique positioning for yourself, and that is this coming soon. hmm Are there any other differentiators that you use with the seller on the listing appointment other than the coming soon and that you're very experienced with the the 10,000 home sales in your career? Are there other things that you bring in there to differentiate yourself?
1: Well, because of the coming soon, we do sell more previously owned homes than anybody else in the triangle. And that's a huge differential because the only, you know, I mean, new homes and, and resale homes are a different market. And you've got to be um, an agent that understands both markets, but what we specialize in is a pre-owned home.
0: That's another distinction that you're making, is that you're not the new home builder, you're selling existing homes. Right. Pre-owned. Right. Other ways that you distinguish yourself and, and stand out compared to your competition?
1: Well, you know, I do do radio, and radio is just a real estate update new real estate update three mornings a week with a local radio station and i've got, i've got also do work with a talk station and a country station so
0: when you say you're doing an update three three times a week what does that mean
1: if you're in the marketplace i'm going to give you tips i'll tell you what the market is doing right now i'll talk about the timing of the market and it basically will give you some ideas and, and certainly it will sell me some too, but it will give you some ideas for, you know, what you should be thinking about if you're thinking about selling your home this year.
0: Now, is that a, a radio show that say goes 15 to 30 minutes, or are we talking about say a, a one minute little
1: clip? I'm just into the whole one minute thing. The concentration of the public is, is uh, headlines and highlights. And, uh, I don't think, um, I'm I'm really good. I don't have the time. Actually, when you talk to me about talking for hours, it just scare me to death because I'm <laughs> saying you know I can say everything I need to know in about thirty minutes. So.
0: This update that you send out three times a week is this on a show or is this advertising space that you purchase? Is this an arrangement you've made with the radio station?
1: Yeah, this is advertising. It's it's one minute advertising three mornings a week.
0: Okay, so, you bought a spot to advertise, but instead of saying, Hey, come buy from me, you're saying, Hey, here's some tips on selling homes.
1: This is what's happening in the real estate market.
0: And at the end, then do you have a little plug, uh, a little call to action for them to do something? And of what course. is that call to action?
1: Call Marty or visit our website if you are uh, coming very or give me a call at 601 7710.
0: How long have you been running that?
1: I've been working on radio for for a long time, probably seven or eight years.
0: It must be working for you.
1: hmm I love it. I love it. It's a it's a good way to elevate our industry and and I'm a firm believer in that. So what we can do to make our industry look good not only for ourselves, but our industry, period. We've got to be ambassadors for real estate. We can't just think about ourselves and, and our market. We've got to elevate the whole industry.
0: The ROI that you're receiving from radio, do, can you tell us how much you're spending either per month or per year and then how much revenue, how much how much sales is coming back in?
1: I think that uh, return on investment for radio is, is really high. It's It's very good for me because I'm so established on it. I don't know that it was that way the first year, but with any media, I think you've got to give it time to saturate. And uh, I would say that the return on investment is really good. And radio is very different in every market. So I, I know people across the United States that are it may it may cost them three hundred dollars for their spot, but then you got another that may cost them eight hundred dollars. It really is very market specific. So it depends on which market you're in.
0: You've been doing this for seven to eight years. Did you start off with the update format, the tips format, or did you develop into that?
1: Actually I did. I started off with that format and it's worked well. And there's a disc jockey that I write the script and basically he asked me the questions. And I, you know, I know what I'm gonna say when I go in there.
0: When the tips are occurring, it's being endorsed by a DJ. It's not just you talking, it's the DJ asking you questions.
1: Right. That is correct.
0: You said go in there. Are you going into their studio? Are you doing it over the phone?
1: No, I go in the studio and record.
0: How often do you do those recording sessions? Are you doing that every three days? Once a month. Mm Okay. (laughs) And so how many tips do you make for the 30-day period? Do you make 12 different tips in that session, or do you make maybe a couple?
1: Sometimes six. I run Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, so i run three days a week. So sometimes six, sometimes nine uh, in that range.
0: When do you like to broadcast them out? What time of day is the best for you to play those ads?
1: I think morning drive is a real good time. You mentioned talk
0: and country. Are you on three stations or two stations?
1: Two stations, a talk and a country station.
0: Have you seen a difference as to how many leads are coming back from either one of those? Is one outperforming the other?
1: Um, probably Talk Station is outperforming some, but the the country uh, station has just got real loyal listeners, and, and we get an awful lot from them, too. It sounds like
0: you kind of put this all together on your own. Did you do it on your own, or did you use uh, an outside company to help you put this together?
1: No, I belong to a national group that, that does radio and TV broadcasting, and so I, I'm a member of that group, and, and I kind of watch what they do, and they coach you, and they give you all the information that you need to go ahead. Do you know the name of that company? Sure, it's RATE. Matt Wagner with RATE, R-A-T-E.
0: Anybody who is thinking about getting into radio and they're listening to us, what advice do you have for them?
1: Get a coach. If you can get on back in Wagner's team, that's where you should go. But other than that, I don't know. I I, I just wouldn't want to do it without a a national group that, that had their uh, that had the pulse their hand on the pulse of what's happening in radio and TV. You know, that's a whole different ball game from real estate. So, I like having the influence of somebody that's been in that all of their career.
0: You mentioned Boomtown earlier. What are you doing with Boomtown?
1: Well, you know, I'm kind of like uh, Henry Ford. I, I got one website and I stuck with it. We've, we've done an awful lot of work with Boomtown. I think we've probably been with them as long as we've been on radio. So we have invested in that site that's that's one of our primary sites that our buyers agents use to track their people to input their people so it's a good tracking system as well we we just it, it love that site i mean it's been very good to us
0: are you using the boomtown crm in the back to as the database for your buyers are you using that exclusively for your buyers, or are you also using another system? We're using
1: that exclusively for our buyers' agents.
0: Are you using Boomtown's cost-per-click system to generate leads into there, or are you just using the back-end CRM to manage the buyers? Both. Have you used any other internet lead generation company other than Boomtown?
1: We've We've got martyhampton.com, which has been a real popular site in this market for a long time. And then we've got comingverysoon.com, which is advertised on my my radio spots. So we've got uh, other sites that we've dealt with over the years, but those are our primary sites.
0: Marty, let's do this. Let's turn to your team. Let's talk about your team and the structure of your team. Last year, you closed 424 transactions. How does that look on the team? What is the team structure at that time when you put those together?
1: We have about three agents that were helping me in listings and about six agents that work strictly with buyers. So counting me, that's a sales team of 10. And we probably had about... um, I'd say six inside people support people uh, to help our salespeople. That's on listings and enclosings and tech and uh, um, runner help, all those kind of things. Photographer, all that kind of stuff.
0: So you're currently out there in the field in production.
1: Well, not very much. You know, I really slowed that down uh, about a year ago. And uh, so now I, I do go out, but it's really just for marketing purposes to really keep my finger on the pulse of uh, what's happening in the streets. If you lose too much track of what's happening in the streets, you, you're not good at marketing anymore. So that's what I, that's why I do it.
0: Did that just happen last year? Was there an event or a decision that changed you being in production?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I went to a, um, a meeting. And uh, I saw this this uh, agent that I've known for a long time. His name is Jay Kinder. I love Jay. And Jay, we got to talking about it. And he said, "Oh, well, the last time I went on a listing was like I forgotten what he said. It maybe in three, maybe in five years ago." But I just thought as soon as he said that, I thought, you know what? If Jay can do it, I can do it. So I said, at that point in time, I said, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to get. I'm going to let the team have the leads. And I will step back and do the marketing. And that's pretty much what I've done from that point on.
0: How long ago was that?
1: Probably no more than a year and a half ago.
0: Prior to that, you were doing a lot of the production yourself. Were you focused on listings and sellers? Absolutely. How many listings were you able to list per year by yourself?
1: Well, I think my highest month, I don't know that I've got my year's numbers off the top of my head, but my highest month that I ever did by myself was about 42 listings in one month.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Was that with 42 different sellers?
1: That was with 42 different sellers.
0: Wow. Mm -hmm. That's a a lot of motoring. It is. That's that's about 10 a week. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's a lot. That is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Very good. Was it difficult for you to start handing that over to someone else?
1: Yes, yes, it was. I, you know, especially when it's a neighborhood you know is going to sell. It's a uh, uh, something you know you can go and secure that is probably you know I, I handed over buyers years ago, so that wasn't nearly as hard as handing over listing leads.
0: How did you get yourself to do it?
1: Well, like I said, I just it was a turning point. I went to that meeting and um saw jay and he said it, he hadn't taken a listing in like three or four years and and i just said to myself he could do it i can do it
0: ah so it's just seeing somebody <laughs> else just yeah. seeing somebody else doing it yeah it kind of pushed you over the edge and have you been happy with that decision
1: i have yeah that was the right decision for me i enjoyed that uh enjoy the marketing part I enjoy seeing other people succeed in this business. I mean this this business has been awful good to me. Remember I was a single parent, they had three kids to raise. My my kids got college educations, they got cars, they got sent to Europe. And I could have never done that as a single parent without without real estate.
0: So you brought in some listing agents to take over that side. How did you train them? Did they shadow you around? Did you put them down in a classroom? How did you train your listing agents to take over?
1: Well, it's an ongoing. I, st- I still train my listing agents. I meet with them once a week, both my listing agents and my buyer's agents. But yeah, to begin with, they used to go with me on listing appointments.
0: Would you mind disclosing to us how you've set up the compensation for your buyer agents and your listing agents?
1: Well, I think you'll find all different rules, and, and I, I actually don't even want to do that because that is so diverse. I mean, some people are paying too much for their buyer's agent because they're they're supplying everything else, and then some people are not paying a- enough. I guess, although I see the the reverse happen much more often, I see I see agents paying too much uh, for their buyer's agents more than too little. So I think it really just depends on a number of things. It depends on whether your buyer's agent closes out the transaction. That's a that's a big differential. Depends on how much how much are you giving them a CRM. Are you are you providing them with the leads? You know, all those things really go into play of what your in compensation would be. But I think it's going to range. At least the credible teams that that I'm familiar with range on the low side from 40% going to buyer's agents. That the agent that the the team leader is handling literally everything, and that 40% might be for a listing that's also going to be a buyer, or it might be on the high side. It might be closer to 60% if uh, the agent brought in the lead. If they do their own closing from it, so I think it's going to range somewhere between the forty and the sixty, sixty-five percent.
0: That's on the buyer side, and it's dependent on who's doing how much work and who generated that lead, brought it in.
1: And on the listing side, listing side, it would be significantly less because there's more cost involved in, in generating listing sales, so it would be less.
0: So would it be maybe half that amount,
1: maybe twenty to thirty percent? Yeah, exactly right. Depends on whether they prospected for the um lead, which is a lost art, or whether or not you provided the lead and whether or not you provide the closing service. Once the, the um the contract is written, once the the, the uh a contract is written, do you have a closing department that will close it out, including negotiation of the inspection, which is usually a real bear.
0: So, um. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you offer the transaction management or the closing department? You have a closing department for your people? Yes. Are you profitable?
1: yeah I mean different um different years you're more profitable than others but but overall, when you look at your overall you you've got to have enough in your business to stay in business during the leaner months. This is a cyclical business. I mean my business is not steady every single month, but we do have a build up in the middle of the year, so it's actually usually it builds up to like a June and then it goes down slowly. so yes, we are profitable.
0: Do you mind disclosing to us what your profit margin is? either what it is or what your target profit margin is.
1: Well, I think your target profit is usually 33% to the government and that's uh, on a good year. Uh, Usually it's more than that, but don't get me started on that because that will really kick you (laughs) off. 33% (laughs) 33 to your overhead and 33% hopefully goes in your pocket.
0: Marty, when we were preparing for this interview, you made another comment and I want to ask you about it. You said that the real estate industry is doomed unless agents change their mindset. What do you mean by that?
1: Number one, I think the key to real estate is to have inventory. Of course, I believe that if you don't know how to list property, you don't have a credible business. Now, Now, I'm not saying that you can't be just a stellar buyer's agent. But as far as having a team, as far as having a, a go-to business um, that is really a big business, you've got to have inventory. Would you, would you open a store without inventory? Of course you wouldn't. And I think if agents depend too much on their local MLS to market and to be their unique selling proposition, I believe we're doomed. I I believe the industry will go the way of the travel agents. I I just do not believe it will last. So we've got to innovate. We've got to figure out ways that we serve our client in different ways than just putting a house in MLS. And that's really the reason that I came up with comingsoonhomes.com. It's because I saw that that was what my competition was doing. That was pretty much, it. I'll run an ad in Zillow. I'll put you in so-and-so. But they weren't really doing anything solid. So what we do in the whole coming soon strategy is, of course, we have time spent for marketing, and we have a whole social outreach where we do social marketing, and we we can actually generate three, four, five, six hundred Buyers to go and look at a property. And out of those amount of buyers that look at a property, there's a a big percentage that want to see that property right when it comes on the market. So that's what I believe will happen to the industry. And of course, we're adding things to the coming soon strategy, the business strategy, just every single day. We're adding more and more things to it to make it more of a benefit for our agent partners.
0: What do you see happening in the future to the MLS? Do you see it
1: disappearing? Oh, no. Oh, you, that, it will always be for for the weak agents. I mean, but <laughs> it, it is dependent on too much. That's what the agent does. That's what the agent thinks is their their cutting edge is the MLS and the MLS is old news.
0: That's probably been true for your entire career mm-hmm. though, hasn't it? That there have right. been agents that rely strictly on the MLS and you've right. tried to differentiate yourself and do more for your client by doing something other than the MLS. Right. Prior to coming soon, what was the other differentiator that you used?
1: Well, I think it was probably just energy and enthusiasm to tell you the truth. I mean, that's you're selling on personality. If you can't sell on you know if you can't give yourself an intellectual edge you're selling on personality and personality is great but uh one day you may have less personality than the next so you <laughs> you, gotta have of you gotta have something that works when you don't have very much personality left
0: <laughs>
1: well marty what drives you probably love of family and love of the industry love i'd love to see other people succeed in this industry it's been real good to me i'd, I'd like to see you it'd be real good to people that have uh, been loyal to me marty
0: why have you been so successful
1: i think because i came from a really poor family <laughs> wow <laughs> I really think that was the reason <laughs> you you have to tell us more what do you mean well, I mean, everybody came up in, in whatever their childhood was. I mean, maybe you came from a middle-class family. Maybe, you know, your your parents were blue-collar workers. Maybe this, maybe that. Maybe your parents were college-educated. Wherever you came up, the first memories you have in life were very, very powerful. And uh, you carry those with you in a lot of ways. And, and my first memories were of poverty.
0: And that's motivated you to be a success?
1: Absolutely. Rethink and grow rich, Mike. You know it's there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, people would argue that that was your model, and that's what you were familiar with. How did you see a different model? Help other people who have been in that position. How did you push yourself beyond that to see that there was something more out there?
1: Well, honestly, I read a lot of books. I mean, I, I, I didn't go to college, so... Um, I did read a lot of books, and, and I read the great book, Think and Grow Rich. That was actually one of the earliest books I read, and it was life-changing in a lot of ways. I still I still pick up that book about every 10 years and read it, because I just think it's so earth-shattering. I just think the concepts in that book are just incredible. As a matter of fact, I was talking to my team about that this morning. It was talking about Think and Grow Rich talks about mastermind. I was talking about how in the news this morning, there's a satellite that. Spain is sending out around the world, and they're sending sending out this satellite is taking pictures of the Earth, and on the pictures of the Earth, they see various cities and how those cities are, are light, you know, they're the city lights at nighttime, and they couldn't recognize some of the cities. And so they put out on the Internet that they couldn't recognize some of these cities, and they asked people could they recognize their own cities, and then they got the answers to almost every single city that they couldn't identify beforehand. So it's the collective mind, and that's really the beauty of a team, as I was telling my team this morning, is one of us is not near as smart as all of us. So if we can take what we learn from one closing and we can make the next closing better, then we're giving that incredible service to a buyer or seller. And it, it works. I mean, that's, that's what you want to go for is you want to have that excellence. When you're dealing with people, you want them to have confidence and you want them to feel supported, but you also want to make it fun and you want to make it enjoyable and you want to make it as pleasant as you possibly can.
0: Napoleon Hill, think and grow rich. So that was one of the early books. You read a lot of other books. So you basically fed your mind a lot of positive ideas.
1: I did. Yeah,
0: I still do. How many books do you read, say, per week or per month now?
1: I probably read about two two books a month. Maybe marketing book. It may be just a thought book. It could be different subject altogether. But I have a whole library of things that, that I really enjoy reading. Do you have any other books that
0: you recommend that people listen to, maybe one or two other books you'd recommend folks take a quick read on?
1: Well, the Bible's a real good one. It's not very popular, but it's a very good book. A lot of good concepts there, and uh, there's just, there's so many. I'm trying to think of what I've read recently. Gary Vanderchuk's stuff is really good. Um, That's a good book. of course, I've read all the favorites, like Millionaire, Real Estate, you know, all those things I've read. The guy who did Whole Foods, I wrote Conscientious Capitalism, which I thought was a really good book. The Secret of Winning Big, which is a really good book with Brian Tracy. I don't know if you've read that. The Cult of the Customer, really good book. Oh, my favorite thing. My favorite, favorite, favorite—I almost forgot this—and this is really the best one—is uh, the four disciplines of execution. Kobe. And I took that course last year, and, and actually, I thought that was life-changing. I, I really thought that was probably one of the best business courses I've ever been involved in.
0: Give us one one takeaway that you had from that course. One thing that you thought that this is just amazing.
1: Oh, that whole course was amazing. But I think it, real estate, honestly has gotten so diverse and you go to these seminars and all of them are very good. I mean, there's, uh, there's a number of trainers out there that I absolutely love, but what they will do is they will, you'll think of so many things when you're in that seminar and and you really can only do one thing or or two things at a time. And so a wildly important goal is what you've got to have. And then you, you need to have a way to obtain that. And the way you obtain that is by picking out a lead measure that you think is your very best bet that will affect your lag measure, which is your, your actual number. So the number of sales that you have is your lag measure. It's, it's cast in stone. It's going to happen every month. And no matter whether you focus on it or not, you're going to have a certain number of sales or a certain lack of sales. So your lead measure is what you focus on. It's your very best bet that will move the lag measure. And um, the four disciplines of execution is the way to do business in the future. I really think it's a a superior, superior business uh, course.
0: Marty, if you were going to advise a brand new agent just getting in the business, what would you tell them to do first?
1: Well, you know, the industry has changed because you now can go to work for a top producing agent like myself or in any market. And you want to go to work for somebody that you can learn from that will share and that wasn't available when I got into the industry. So I would consider that. If it had been available, I would have done it. So I think that's a great way to, you know, be a. Uh, somebody that, that learns the business very quickly because you'll learn that, you know, I I have sent people to real estate school and they've gotten out and they've worked with me and and they've done, you know, 25 sales in, in six months or something. And they went back and saw the people they went to real estate school with and they're struggling to get past the first two sales. So there's a lot of difference in the amount of experience that you'll get with a high producing team than you would get if you just go to XYZ Realty and become one of their agents there. You need a business plan, a business strategy. And if you go to work with a team, you can focus on what's wildly important. And that would be the number of sales that you create. you first, unless you're a trust fund baby and you don't have to worry about work. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. uh, well, Marty, do you think that top agent interviews like the one we're doing now with
1: Mastermind
0: Agent are valuable?
1: I sure hope so, because, you know, I'd hate to uh, think that I could just talk and talk and not really help somebody, because that's really the object of, of the whole thing, is to be able to help somebody, encourage somebody, because I want to tell you something, I used to I used to think any fool could make it in his business, because I did, and um, I just, I really have a lot of confidence in people, I and mean, you can do anything you make up your mind to do, the hard part is really making up your mind to do it.
0: Absolutely. So, Marty, I've come to the end of my questions for today. Do you have any parting thoughts for the listeners?
1: You have to do everything that you can possibly do. You know, I have a life motto, and uh, it probably sounds corny to some people, but I'm going to tell you anyway. It's work like everything depends on you and pray like everything depends on God. You have to do everything you know to do before you will ever have the success and when you do that, divine nature takes over and things will, doors will open for you. But you have to do everything that you can do, that you're capable of doing. And I dare say few of us are really living up to our capabilities.
0: Well, Marty, I believe you've lived up to your capability. From humble beginnings, living in poverty, to being a single parent with three children to feed, you self educated with self help books hit the ground running, used your enthusiasm and energy to quickly build up a successful practice, broaden team members, and have helped thousands of families make home buying and selling decisions. Your innovative coming soon listing onboarding process differentiates you from your competition and results in faster sales and higher dollars for your sellers. Thank you for sharing and being our top agent. Of the month. And join us next call when we talk to an agent who sold 260 homes last year after reinventing himself. Find out who he is on the next Success Call. If you like the show and want to know when the next one's coming out, click the subscribe button on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you want to hear more episodes like this, give the show a five star review and write a quick comment. I read them all.